TJ and PK, brought to you in part by Christian Roberts Mortgage. If you're going to work with an expert for your next home loan, you need to connect with the most preferred lender in Utah. Christian Roberts Mortgage. They specialize in jumbo loans. I specialize in jumbo jacks. How many people get that? A lot of our California people do, and yeah. we have... Uh, Couple of jack in the boxes in St. George. Say Washington, Utah, where my grandpa lives. Yeah. You hit the old uh the old jack I'm, in the box? Every time I'm down there. Those tacos, man. Oh, the tacos? Yeah, I get like ten of them. Like two bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mystery meat tacos, baby. That's so when I was in high school, that the uh hangout was the jack in the box. No way, really? Yeah. The round table pizza was our hangout. Yeah. That's and, also a good one. And right in there the too. parking lot. And just around the Jack in a Box, mm. and Moon Valley, they had uh, they had one on like Thirty Fifth, where Richard Jefferson went. Uh, and there was a little bit of age difference between the two of us, so I don't know that they did. And they hung at the, that place, but yeah, there were uh, the 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 surrounding schools. Everybody knew where that's where people hang hung out, and a Jack in a Box was one of them for us. So absolutely, and then when I played baseball, if you got three hits, you got a free Jumbo Jack. All right. <laughs> nice incentive. I like it. But that it, could cost you a college eligibility. But I, oh. <laughs> yeah. I, think I had that to worry about. Right. <laughs> they were beating down your door. Yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't make a decision, so I went to none of them to play ball. <laughs> <laughs> that, in fact, I sucked. <laughs> But I actually I didn't like the jumbo jack. I didn't like Jack in the Box's burgers. I love their tacos, <laughs> but I didn't like their burgers. I'm with you there. Burgers, really? Are yeah. I don't know. That I've ever had their tacos. I've only had their burgers, but I haven't how had a burger at Jack in the Box. Had a Jack in the Box taco. What? You never had a Jack in the Box taco? Yeah, they're good, man. No, yeah. The taste stays with you for like three hours. Yeah. I bet I haven't been to a Jack in the Box in twenty years. And if I'm wrong, it's more than well, that. Well, you're fitting Utah yeah. for... <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, there's one right on I-15, man. One of the and last blown, places I've, you can eat in the state of Utah. I've blown right <laughs> by it. It's a true story. It's right there. <laughs> I've flown right by And then there's one it. right across from the In-N-Out. Correct. That's the one I go to most of the time. Yeah. Down there off of uh, Green Springs Road. In the In-N-Out. When before... I've been in and out recently. That was the first in and out in Utah. Yeah, as I say, before they had them here. Now it's still packed. They're all packed. Oh, yeah. And one time we're coming back from Vegas, work assignment. My wife came with me. I think it was a Sunday afternoon. And so we stopped there. And so she wants to get... A, she loves the... If she gets a soft drink, Coke Zero, in a big gulp-like thing with a ton of ice. So she goes across to the gas station to get it, and then we eat outside. It's a beautiful day. It must have been conference tournament or something in March. And so we're eating it outside, and she's got her drink, and I just get the drink that you get at the in and out And I remember it specifically. So the next morning I come in to work. Yeah, we were still we were over at, the, at 1320 and underneath the freeway there. Mm-hmm. And because that room was darker here because it had no windows. Uh, I can remember opening up and squinting because it was dark. And uh, the next on the Monday 
and there's an email. Guy says, hey, how come your wife went over to the gas station to get her drink? How come she didn't want the drink at in and Stalker, back <laughs> off. Jeez. Wow. And I told her about that. And it was in the early days, so she wasn't used to the overwhelming amount of fame that I have now. Mm-hmm. So it's, now she just rolls with it, you know? And so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so she felt very self-conscious that somebody was watching her. Let's put it this way. Multiple times when I was in high school, because the In-N-Out opened up down there when I was in high school, we made drives Friday nights down to St. George to get In-N-Out and drove back in the same night. Are you serious? Dead wow. serious. <laughs> Not sure I would do that. No. It was a bad idea. Let's put it that way. Especially now with your guy with the high gas prices. Jeez, man. What were you thinking? <sighs> Drive a Prius, <laughs> get yourself fifty get miles to the gallon on a hybrid. Yeah, yeah, but okay. So th- th- that's classic. You, you pretend to worry about the other guy, but I'm covered. So screw you all. I don't care. Not the first time gas has been this expensive. It's going to happen again. But it's happening right now. Yep. I don't care about before. I care about ahead. I don't borrow f- worries from the future. It ought to come down. They got that pipeline hack fixed. That's supposed to fix everything, right? I don't know. I don't pay attention to any of that. Yeah, that's why it's up. Oh, really? Some hacker hacked a pipeline. It's major pipeline. It wouldn't have been up if my guy would have been in there. We wouldn't have hacked a pipeline? Okay. Yeah. And he would have told them don't do it, and they would have listened. Going to St. George for a burger? Man, we yeah, did I'd be hungry by the time I got back. We did it. Did we have to go burger. back again? We yes. Did, <laughs> we, did, we did it multiple times. I'm not saying it's a smart idea, but we did it. You kids, Utah County kids, you're so wild. Our hangout was Wendy's, so we had to upgrade at some point. Trevor tweets at us here, and I think he hits a point you were just making in the commercial break before we got waylaid by random stalkers and burgers. Trevor says, I'm just glad I don't have to watch a whole series of LeBron yet. I hope Golden State beats Memphis. I love watching Steph, and honestly, if we can't beat this year's version of Golden State, we aren't winning at all anyway. Okay, I agree with that, but does that mean you don't like watching LeBron? People actually don't like him watch playing ball? It's what he does. It's like he was created to play ball. How do you not like watching him play ball? I'd have to guess. He doesn't spell it out. Maybe it's the classic, I like to root for the, the smaller guy. The, the bigger... Okay, then root against him. That's bigger, even more fun. Bigger, taller, faster guy. It's like, well, he's awesome, but what are you supposed to do about it when you're not that big, tall, that fast, that strong? But if you root against him, you're going to end up being happier more times than you're sad. Because nobody wins more titles than they, they lose. Right. I mean, you just don't do it. Right. Losing and not just literally in the final losing, but if you play no, twelve guys years, play twelve years and win five titles, yeah. they play fifteen and win six. And if they're extremely fortunate and extremely right, I was, rare, I was basically that was Jordan and Magic <laughs> yeah. off the top of my head. I don't know how if I got the math exactly right, but I, it's yeah. How do you not like watching all timers? That's the point of the sport, isn't it? Yes. And honestly, the point of him saying something crazy afterwards is so you can root against him even more. Yes, the three and rims, that's the fun. The three rims is ridiculous. Even other NBA players are tweeting about it. But so what? It's something to talk about. That's the wanna, fun of you it. You don't want to break down rotations against the pick and roll all day long. No. 
And I think the point about being this year's version of Golden State, you were we were talking about the game of the break. They were showing highlights, and we were watching them for the, for the 18th time, even though we knew it happened. You're like, Steph's just too loose with the ball. In the third quarter, when the Warriors' defense had really frustrated the Lakers for a half, they gave him a bunch of easy hoops in transition off turnovers. And usually, and this was a point Locke was making about when I was talking about turnovers, is you've got to say live ball turnovers. It's the steals that really matter because that's where the fast breaks and the easy points come from. But he loses one out of bounds, and I think it was... uh, Curry, yeah. Yeah, Curry lost it out of bounds. It was... uh, No, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, white guy, headband. Caruso. Thank you. Alex Caruso. It was Alex Caruso. And he got in there, right, kind of dug the ball out while he was dribbling, and it rattled back and forth off both of them, and it went off Curry and went out. Curry kind of dropped his head. The Warriors dropped their head, and they take a tight shot of Caruso, and but he wasn't the only Laker who figured it out. Somebody inbounded it, you throw it ahead, AD runs ahead, they basically get a two-on-two, and AD scores over some little guy who was the only guy who got back to help. I don't even remember who it was. And AD scores, it's like, you're giving up an easy basket, and it was a turnover that stopped play. There's no reason for that. And the Jazz, if they, and you got to assume who, well, it would be the Jazz if the Warriors, but the Grizzlies ought to be prepping for this too. Where do those turnovers come from? What action are they running? How the Lakers defend them? Now, the Lakers are defending with bigger, taller, longer guys, and so that's probably yeah. part of it. Right. But at the same time, that's where you've got to try to, you know, recreate those double teams and those rotations and see if you can get those steals. Sometimes it wasn't a bigger, longer guy. There was a turnover early in the third quarter. Draymond Green didn't see a guy rotating and basically ended up throwing it straight to a Laker. He did. So that's that's anybody. Any 6'4 guy with average arms can make that play. And that's fast breaks, and the Jazz get threes in transition. We all know that's Quinn's been prioritizing that all year. So I think there's a lot to what he says here in the second half about, man, if you can't beat this year's version of Golden State, where are you going in the playoffs anyway? I said good Jazz agree, over six agree, in Golden agree, State, agree. and watching that game, I was regretting it. Should have said Jazz in five. Right, that's what I. Had. I was, I was like, I gave him an extra game. I that's thought it too was much too respect, long. Too much respect for Steph, because the rest right. of the Warriors aren't that good. And we saw it late in the game. AD goes well, to double. Okay, some of them. Right, but if you're really good and should be going very deep in the playoffs, I agree. Yeah, you should be handling. That's why OKT. I have no interest in rooting for either team tomorrow. Right. I'm going to watch the game for work purposes and entertainment purposes. But the Jazz um, should be either one of these teams. Yeah, but I couldn't care less who they play. Maybe I'll regret it, but I don't care because I think the Jazz will be better. And I also was thinking about, as I was watching Green and, and Steph with combined 12 turnovers, that's too much. I was thinking back to your uh, debate a couple of weeks back with uh, Locke on the turnovers. And uh, I, and I know some jazz people heard us, and they, or especially you, when you're going on it, and they were thinking that you're wrong. I'm as I think about it, I'm thinking not necessarily in the numbers, but I think the point you were making is absolutely spot on because for them. They have this ultimate rim protector. So if you give away two points, no. Because force the other team to score, because two points and a turnover is usually right at the rim. Well, how many buckets? That there, must, there should be some kind of stat out there. The fewest buckets allowed at the rim. 
I'm Sherlock. It is out there, and I'm Sherlock. And that's Gobert. That just quickly. screams Gobert. Yes. And you want all these metrics, and they've got all these things. And I don't need to see them all because they're just verifying what I already know. This guy's an animal at protecting the rim. He's a beast. So if you give them turnovers and two points is an exaggeration, you know, because if you only give up two, you're screaming, up, you're celebrating, right? But any points you give up at the rim off of turnovers is a waste of Gobert. Because he's that dominant that you don't want to do that. So of all the teams that should be most protective of the ball, it should be this team because they have the best rim protector. Yes. Because, well, first off, the part I'll plead guilty to is I wasn't precise enough. It shouldn't have been turnovers. It should have been live ball turnovers and steals, as Locke said. And he's the one who said... Five a game. When you get to five of those a game and you're giving up 10 points, that's going to have a significant impact on winning and losing. You might overcome it occasionally, so it's not a guarantee, but your win percentage is going to start dropping if you have five of those a game. And I think you're right about what you say. The, it's not Locke was comparing it to these other teams with turnovers, and they're not very good. Okay, well, that team, to your point— might just be going down and giving up a hoop anyways. What does it matter? They're not very good. They can't defend. And the Jazz are very good at that. And they're top three or four in the league in defensive efficiency. I'd have to look it up. But they're very good. And I also think it kills them offensively. They're one of the best offensive teams in the league. If you have a turnover, you get zero. And you're averaging more points possession than these other teams. The other team would get, if they don't turn it over, or they do turn it over, it doesn't impact winning and losing because they were going to miss the shot anyway. The better you get at offensive and defensive efficiency, and the Jazz are top four in the league in both. It might be top three in the league in both. I'd have to look. It was close with them and the Knicks at the end. But the point is, they're, it's costing them more points, and they're giving up more points. And I also think there's a psychological momentum thing. When you've been facing Gobert the whole game, and you get a couple of easy layups because the Jazz are getting loose with the ball in one stretch, the other team starts feeling better. You've talked about it forever, that the deflation that comes with missing a shot and then how pumped up teams come when they get a shot. Oh, and they yeah, get one yeah, to go. You get all fired up on the other end. Yeah. And so when you give them a couple live ball turnovers yeah. and a chance to score one-on-none or two-on-one without Gobert around, it's a jolt of energy, plus the points. Right. And the, that and is, the Warriors gave that to the Lakers they, most definitely. big time in the third quarter. Yeah, that scored them by 11, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. they, had, they had 42, Lakers had 42 points at halftime and got 35 in the third. Yeah. And I, I, I'm sure at least 10 of them came in transition. They spent the whole quarter in transition. Right. And that's, that's a frustrating aspect. And that's really, at least the first round, which is all we're worried about right now, that's one of the ways I see the Jazz losing the series. I don't see them losing it. But if they were to lose it, that situation in which you just described is one of the ways. I mean, the great thing about it, at least to me, as I see this, whoever it might be, now that we know it's one of two teams, that aside from injury, just catastrophic stuff, and I don't even want to talk about it, the only way I see them losing is by really playing well below their capability for four games. Yeah, you don't play your best ball. Four times in two weeks against the same team, Memphis or Golden State? I just don't see it. No, I don't either. 
that was really what I took watching the Lakers. That now the Lakers may get better, but that version of the Lakers last night, the Jazz would have handled them. Oh, and that, that's that, why that, that, that performance last night. Yeah, yeah, that performance last night doesn't beat the Jazz. Now if LeBron gets healthier and they're playing better, yeah, you never know. You never know. And, and but watching that last night, I'm like, why would the Suns be afraid of this team? Especially now, uh, you're right. Six weeks from now, might I might think differently. <laughs> yeah, even even a week and a half from now. And it's going to be something, Phoenix, you know, because people talk about how the scars here. I've lived in two of the cities where the Lakers have scarred their <laughs> yeah. NBA team Phoenix dramatically. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. In the, the 80s. Sun, yeah. stars. Yes. It seemed like every freaking year magic. And yep. just, oh, my gosh. And I'd sit back there and I felt bad. I was, I was a Suns fan in the way. I'm, but my fandom doesn't. It revolve around the score. It revolves around the teams that I follow closely, and and I've always been an NBA fan, and I've never not lived in an NBA city. Looks like they lost to the Lakers four times in that decade, and then uh, no Bitter. five times. Bitter five times, and then finally beat them in 1990 and got over the hill, over the hump. Yeah, Hornacek was on that team. Yeah. And then he got traded. Imagine losing to him. I mean, the Jazz lost to the Lakers three times in four years. Imagine losing to him five times in nine. And then finally. Oh, yeah. Finally getting the W. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280. The zone. Craig Bowler, Jack, TV voice of the Jazz, joins us next. Joe Ingles at 905. Stay with us. Lob to Rudy. Oh, he packed it with the right hand. Produce three all-stars. Check. Oh, Donovan Mitchell. Earned the best record in the NBA in the top spot in the West. You are fabulous. Check and check. The regular season is over. And now the number one seeded Utah Jazz begin their quest for an NBA title. Let's go! When the Jazz take the court in the NBA playoffs, you'll hear every second of every game on your exclusive home. Welcome home of the Utah Jazz. 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK is brought to you in part by Davis Vision. The Davis Vision Spring LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision to Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. Time to welcome in the TV voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bowler Jack. Bowler, good morning. DJ PK, how are you? Good. I'm curious, Bowler. Warriors or Grizzlies? Who do the Jazz want? Who do you think the Jazz want? Or do you care? Do you think the Jazz are better in both these teams? And let's just get to Sunday night and get to game one and get on, get on with it. I'm a combination of, of both. But look, Steph Curry is playing at an extremely high level right now. And the team, the Warriors fuel off of his play. I was impressed. They blew a 13-point lead, right? And LeBron hits a 30-footer, which I just sit back and go, wow. You know, a couple of MVPs, Hall of Famers to be. They had quite a, you know, they put on a show, first half, second half. Um, Curry's, Curry's shots are sometimes just spectacular. They never move net, by the way. Um, look, I don't know if, a, if, you know, I don't know what you guys think. I don't know if one guy can beat a team in seven in a seven-game series, but if there's a couple, I can think of, you know, LeBron or uh, or Steph Curry being one of those. You know, look, I, I think John Morant's a, a young, you know, young talent. They're more inexperienced. So on that note, I would say, yeah, Memphis would be uh, an easier uh, way. Could be totally wrong because, again, playoffs take, you know, levels 
players' games to different levels. But um, you know what? I think if you talk to Quinn, he just said, let's go play. It's time. You're going to have to go through, I think, an incredible run uh, to get to the Western Conference Championship anyway. So you might as well, you know, get get it up and go. Um, Curry's incredible. They beat us not more than, what, two and a half weeks ago uh, with some of his spectacular play. But uh, I would think leaning uh, to the Memphis side would maybe a, an easier path to round two. Only thing my curiosity is is what is Donovan Mitchell going to do, and what is his availability going to be? With availability number one being the foremost thing on my mind, you have any insight? PK, it's on mine as well, and all of Jazz Nation. No, very quiet. Uh, you know, protection of a player, which is nothing new uh, in the way that Jazz handle uh, players and injuries. You know, I would assume. And look, I'm just throwing this out here. I'm guessing. Um, the update, if it's still on schedule, should be tomorrow. Um, so I'm guessing a word will come out. But so far, we haven't, you know, in the old days, speaking of old days, a year and a half ago, you know, shoot-around practice would give us much more insight on how active he's been. But I don't know. Uh, it's been, you know, totally uh, quiet. And that's about all I know. I'm assuming with Conley back, Donovan will be back, and the guard line will be as is. Uh, two all-stars running the show back there. But um, the severity of the injury, we all saw it, and it wasn't fun. LeBron had a high ankle sprain, and it took him 20, what, six games? What was it, Pete? You guys, it was close. Donovan misses, has missed, you know, over a month. But luckily, he's had an extra six days uh, that he can heal up and practice and maybe get back in the, into the – system or the flow again uh with his teammates um but still game time or game situations are not, is not, nothing like what we know practice times one thing game time's a totally different thing pk uh but i'm assuming he'll be ready i'm assuming he'll be ready to go so if you get past the health question it's hard to do it because that's the big question but if exactly. you get past that what questions do you have not just for any one opponent but just the jazz in the postseason big picture well, um, I've said this, and I'll stay with it. I think the Jazz, obviously, offense becomes magical when they pass the ball and it's crisp and on target. When things get a little sloppy or forced in a short shot clock, the turnover occurs, and then you see uh, the ability to run it right down the floor to the rim. Um, I think the Jazz turnovers sometimes are more costly than others, and also the inability at times to have an offensive rebound off a missed three, which allows guards uh, on opponents. That ball jumps deep off the rim back to almost midcourt at times, and that allows a pretty easy uh, bucket in transition. So those are a couple things that just jump out. Look, defensively, the Jazz, I still think, with Rudy and the way they rotate, are solid favors, uh, tries to just keep that lead or keep things even while while Gobert gets his rest. Teams do attack the paint more. We all know that with Rudy off the floor, so it shows his value. Um, but, I, you know, I think those are a couple things that jump out at me. I really do. Look, they're going to try to force a ball out of the hands of Mike or Donovan or both. Uh, teams will defend the three-point line and, and, you know, make the Jazz uncomfortable. So maybe to see bogey, 
uh, you know, continue some inside play to loosen things up. But Donovan's return, DJ PK, in my book, will help open the floor again because I think they were getting jammed up at times and they had to really work hard to get the, the points they put up. So I hope he's healthy because it only makes the team better. How much do you think of all the experience that they had uh, before they got Conley combined with Conley and losing in that first round and blowing that 3-1 lead in a devastating manner has created a type of focus that maybe they haven't had that they have now once the ball goes up on Sunday? Everything you just said, PK, is the whole premise of why this team is dangerous, in my opinion, because they've been through situations that very few teams have. And that's the way I look at it. And Again, we've discussed it before, but let's take it, peel the onion back 14 months. When you have COVID, you, we were the epic centerpiece of it in Oklahoma City. Uh, you, you know, the, the whole relationship of Donovan and, and Rudy made national headlines. And then you go to the bubble. You get beat after, you know, leading 3-1. Donovan statement, PK, as you just mentioned, never again. And then even throw in a, a scary, you know, almost life-changing flight to Memphis when you take off to the north and hit a flock of birds. Come on. And, you know, life kind of flashes a little bit before your eyes. And then they share that experience together. And now here they are with the number one seed. And you couldn't really write this. Uh, even, you know, you think about the accomplishments, but the journey to me, I know I don't want to overplay it, but when you, when you experience those things together as a, as a, as a group, it only, the bond only thickens and the purpose only becomes more, I think, um, in front of your face and what we're supposed to do, what we want to do, what we're going to do. And I think that plays into the jazz hands. Their experience may not be as much without Conley. His experience is high level. The Jazz are still in that early stages of those playoff experiences. Look, you can't match LeBron and what you know Steph Curry have gone through, but I still think life experiences and the way this team plays uh, is going to bode well. It should. It should bode well for them. Usually, I like upsets. I like unpredictable. I like the underdog to pull it off. The Jazz and the Suns are the one and two seeds, and spend the last few days reading everybody's predictions and everybody's expectation for what's going on. Nobody expects a Jazz Suns final in the no. West, and they're no. one and two. So, in a weird way, I got to root for the favorites to root for the underdogs, which is completely an oxymoron. But nonetheless, Jazz and Suns in the conference final—that's what I want. Let's go. Yeah. What, what are the odds? Or well, Lakers, Clippers, maybe the Nuggets, who knows, or the Mavs? Uh, you know, I was look, thinking about it last night, looking at the standings. Sometimes I just find myself staring at the, the computer screen, trying to, like, I wonder what happens here if that moves there and they go here, then they're out, they're in, boom. You know, it's kind of fun, really, to think about all the what-ifs. You know, this, this is loaded. This is a playoff of the ages, in my opinion. I mean, the, as we know, the West is a, is a buzzsaw every night you, you get on the floor. And this playoff series will be no different. Look, Lakers, Suns, one really good team, especially the Lakers when they're healthy, uh, is going to lose. And, you know, that's kind of like, wow. And then you look at, you know, uh, what the Clippers are up against. The Clippers are flying kind of low with not a lot of hype. Uh, it's just kind of that way their personality is, right? It's kind of the Paul George, quiet, Kawhi Leonard kind of way of, of going about business. 
remember last year in the summer, guys, where Kawhi goes, or excuse me, it was Paul George's, ah, we really weren't that focused on a championship. Well, that's not true because, you know, what do you think they brought Paul George in is to win a title in L.A. Ballmer, that's all he wants. And I get it. Uh, Ryan Smith wants a championship. Every owner does. But you have to have the players who have the drive and, uh, you know, uh, are, are uber-focused at this point in time. And I think the whole West is going to be tough. Um, Phoenix is definitely focused. They want to prove that Chris Paul's acquisition obviously is going to turn the corner and make Booker into a, a super, superstar. But the Jazz are methodical, too, uh, of just going about what they have to do with a little respect, which still blows me away. But the, for some odd reason, that's just the way it is. Yeah, that isn't a motivator. It would be for me. I don't know how you guys would, would think about it. I'd just sit there and let it sit on my shoulder for a while. In fact, every game, just to say, hmm, there we go. So I would use it as motivation of the disrespect of most. And I've seen those same polls of who's got the chance and the, you know, the, mm-hmm. the fourth best team in the West. But yet you sit there, you stand there with the number one record in the league, and people still don't believe. And um, I guess you're just going to go out and, and prove it every night you're on the floor. And that isn't a motivator, nothing is. That would motivate me, personally. What you're saying is they're the most disrespected number one seed in the history of the NBA. (laughs) Did I say that? Yes. Uh, (laughs) You know, PK, it's sad, but, you know, it's almost like what they said about Jokic uh, for his run to MVP. Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't want to misquote an individual, but, you know, again, you read stuff about two weeks ago. uh, It was a former player who said it would be the worst MVP uh, pick in the last 35 years. Uh, So there's that disrespect, too, in Denver. I know Ryan Smith and the Jazz want to get past this small market alleged mentality uh, around the country. They, you know, reference as midsize. I mean, Salt Lake's growing at an incredible clip. But you know, there's something to say about being there and winning it. Look, it's been a generation since Carl and John were there. And I'm trying to think back, you know, how did the media respond to John and Carl? Carl had two MVPs. Stockton was highly respected and earned it, obviously, with age and assists and steals. All-time leader, by the way, uh, as he retired. So, And a Jerry Sloan, who's a Hall of Famer. I'm not sure how the voting will be for the coach of the year. Is it Monty Williams? Is it Thibodeau because of New York and the media? I mean, there's no one who's busted tail and coached a team better than, than Quinn Snyder. Look, he didn't have his all-star point guard, point guard and two guard, you know, for the remainder 16 games of the season. I mean, it's, and they still were able to win 52. So, you know, you got to wipe that away, I think, in the, in the end game, PK, where you just say, look, Let's go do it, right? You just said, let's go do it and prove people that we are who we are. And that's the only way I think you'll ever silence the critics. And you may never. uh, There will always be those who disbelieve because they want to, and it drives, you know, radio talk shows and and, uh, online news uh, articles, et cetera. But we know, we've watched this team, you know, grow. Rudy's continued growth and Donovan's level of play in this young four years, man. This is a good team. And they're going to be tough. They're going to be tough in the playoffs. If I hear one more thing about the media, 
uh, from a player, I am not just going to throw up in my mouth. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to hurl all over the computer Why? and the what microphone. Way? Because the media has now got so many ex-players saying the most outrageous stuff. I don't want yeah. to hear players complain about the media. Yeah. You're going to retire in 10 what years, and you're going to be the one. What do you mean complain? You've yeah. never heard anyone complain about the media no, in America? What do, what, do you, what do you mean about the players about, complaining? About Disrespect or, or what? Where no, are you going? No, I don't know where you're going. When, when players complain about the stuff the media says. And the way? way they're portrayed, the way they individually or their team are portrayed. A lot of the outrageous... In a negative light? Yes. A lot of the outrageous stuff is coming from ex-players. Yeah, but if that fires you up, that's good, not bad. It can be, yes. But I just don't want to hear the complaints. I don't have... I, I just... I'm so yeah, but no, it. no, no, no. If you yes. want to get an edge... Uh, go ahead and use it. Whatever edge yes. you can use to make Absolutely. yourself a better player. To go player. to the earlier point, not only would I be thinking if I were on the Jazz, if I were that good enough to be more than a remarkably mediocre high school basketball player, I would be leaning over to Rudy. Rudy, they don't believe in us. I would absolutely yeah. use it. If I'm Rudy, absolutely. I hate harping. I hate Thurl. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you, man, those words are spoken. You know, when you put a towel in front of your face, uh, you know, and everybody, well, you know, look like oh, yeah, these guys aren't, you know, they aren't that good. We'll get them. You know, that stuff happens all the time. But, you know, social media and the involvement of former players and they have a mouthpiece and the, uh, the stage yeah. uh, to, to make these statements. And all you can do, look how Donovan handled Shaquille O'Neal. I Shaq, ex-player, right? And right. CJ, no one was harder on LeBron in the three rims and shoot at the middle one than CJ McCollum. I mean, he's not even retired. Yeah. And, and Barkley has wild pronouncements and, and picks. So you'd rather right. have them, well, I think the team that plays the best is going to win. No, I think they're going to keep doing what they're doing. I just don't want to hear anybody complain about it. And complain no, about the that's media. that's the fun part no, of it, it all. It really, it really isn't. It is I'm tired true. of hearing people whine. That's what they get paid to do. It's a uh, I know. banana. Uh, I know. Exactly. I know. Hey, you know what, DJ? I really think the seed of it, I really do believe this. And, and you know, when you sit around in COVID and like all of us, I just kind of thought about someone asked me this maybe six months ago because there was another right when we restarted the season, I guess it was in the bubble. Can't remember the exact conversation, but they said, you know, what do you think uh, the negativity is? Well, I think it goes back to players who believe that they were the foundation of what the league is today. Barkley, Shaq, whose pay was good, very good, in fact, and other people would roll their eyes, are you kidding me? But they still feel like they are the foundation of where the NBA is and where it's going. And their respect, they don't feel that the younger players have worked as hard as they did to achieve their paycheck, more or less. I think it's really a pay scale issue. Like, look what we did, and we didn't get paid much. Carl and John, look, they'd be multi, multi, multi millionaires in the world today. But they did help build the brand. And I still think the Shacks uh, and the Barclays and many others who have a mouthpiece now on network television and beyond or their own radio show or podcast, whatever it may be, social media has allowed them to express, I think, their anger and the way they look at the younger players in the league today. That's just my take. Wow, that was that was deeper than I was going for, but I like it. And, and there probably is I that. Think, Every generation there's anger, do- there's anger within the own their own alumni group. Yeah. Right? And I think that's where they speak out and say, Look, hey young man, I don't think you're a you know, bona fide superstar. I you know, I mean, look how Donovan handled that cool as a cucumber. 
You know, so what I hope continues that it motivates him to prove those people wrong. And Shaq, did he not predict that the Sacramento Kings would knock off the Jazz on Sunday night? Yes, he did, and that pissed me off. <laughs> but, you know, it's a ma- they Shaq didn't know the they were going to sit five guys. That's what he'd say. Yeah. He, they, he, they have the ability to speak their mind on any subject, and the networks allow them to do that. And outrageous. Well, it maybe, goes back to PK's point. Yeah, it goes back to PK's point. It's good for ratings. It generates emotion. But it, when you're the one getting criticized, and then you go off on the media, I'm like, I know no. Shaq's media, but is Shaq really media? He's Shaq. So what? Yeah, Whatever that, works. Yeah, look, you have to separate. <laughs> it's a free for all. You make a great point. You got to separate what the journalistic coverage is compared to is Shaq media or is Shaq a former player in an entertainment position who only is paid for his comment or thought? Has he really studied it or is it just off the cuff? I think it's the latter there. Bowler, we appreciate it. We will see you on TV Sunday night, 7.30, the Jazz and, you know, whoever wins and shows up. Whoever whoever it may be. What's the beauty of Warriors. it? Warriors. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's one game, man. It's, it's like the NCAA tournament, one and done. Uh, well, at least Golden State has a second shot, but it uh, wasn't out for San Antonio, right? So um, we'll see, man. We'll see if uh, Curry's got another forty, you know, 35 or 40-point game in him. And if so, we'll see uh, plenty of Curry and Draymond Green in the next two weeks. All right. We appreciate it, Bowler. Thanks. See, see you guys. Take DJ care. and PK, Joe Ingles is coming up in about 15 minutes. Stay with us. The Big Show Show. with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Howard Beck, senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated. The Jazz are going to have 13,000 fans in the stands for the playoffs. Could that give the Jazz more of a home court advantage? It's going to be interesting to see localities everywhere easing their restrictions. I don't know how big of a discrepancy there might be arena by arena. Or some places still only have like 2,000 and some have 15,000. I don't know. The stats show it. There has been no home court advantage really this season. But I will say the fans all of a sudden back in force in the playoffs, even at three-fourths capacity or somewhere in that range, That might be enough to create a home court advantage again. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK brought to you in part by Zero Res. When you get the carpets and tile clean, it's never just clean. It's Zero Res clean. Don't have it any other way. Just $33 per room. You deserve the best. You deserve Zero Res. Schedule with Zero Res today. Call them at 801-288-9376 or schedule online by searching for Zero Res Carpet Cleaning. I disagree with you 100%. I want these ex-jocks to say provocative things <laughs> and not just back up, say They're the canned thing. They're not even provocative sometimes, PK. Well, but if they, if, They're if, like if, random. But it doesn't matter. If they generate emotion from the current athlete who views it as provocative, whether you don't, doesn't matter. They do. I want that. They're the guys who were there in the locker room. Not some pasty little old guy like me who can't even <laughs> shoot a ball. Uh, what do you, I know? You can't shoot a ball and you know a lot of stuff. So Yeah, I know, but that's what the, the, the consumer thinks. We want these guys, the Barclays of the world. I mean, he's made a career out of... Yep. He's made a second career that's yep. practically just as famous or not more famous than his ball playing. Yep. Because he stays current... As, uh, but the ball playing gets longer and longer away. I mean, the yes. distance 
You know, you, what? what Barkley's uh, done 20 years. He's a Stockton Malone era guy. Yeah, you had, uh, who was it, uh, Edwards for the Timberwolves? Had no clue who A-Rod yeah. was. Anthony Edwards, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. he's no idea who A-Rod was. Yep. The the ball playing, the steroids, the controversy. Nothing. That, yeah, and he didn't know any of it. Yeah. <laughs> but yet, if if you're into baseball, you know A-Rod is a decent commentator, and that's going to be the same thing with Barkley. So I want these guys. The more outrageous, the better. <laughs> as long as they believe it. And I don't care if Shaq has done any research or not. Speak from the gut. He's not being paid to be some analytical nerd. No. I can get some analytical white dweeb to do that. He's I want these to, guys who've been there on the front line to tell me what they think. He's paid to be Shaq. He's paid to be his big personality. And he is. He's huge. paid to tell. I know. And he's Bigger paid. Bigger literally. And he's paid to tell the stories about you got to go in the locker room and you got to tell them it's a big game. Yeah. I need you. What are you going to do? Ask D Wade. I said that. And D Wade's over there laughing, going, Yeah, he did. That's exactly how he walked in the locker room in 2006. That's what we want. Yeah. And we don't want canned stuff. Well, we've, you know, defensively, you got to show them different looks. Yeah, but it is canned <laughs> stuff, too. No, it's not. It's canned. It, oh, it sometimes not. it is. It's you, you gotta so jump on them early. Guys. You gotta jump on them early, right, and you know you get canned stuff too. Okay, you're not going to not get that. Yes, but I want the other stuff. I don't want Joe Montana couldn't make it because he didn't want to criticize. No, I didn't want to say anything. Well, fine. Snooze fest. Then get out. I want somebody who's going to say something. Doesn't matter whether I agree with it or not, or if it is even makes any sense at all, or if you even explained yourself well. <laughs> so some people, uh, they can just, articulate better than others. No, but it's not, it's not just that. But I mean, they, yes, but it's not just that. I just think, like, when Shaq went at Mitchell, he didn't, he didn't explain. He kind of so did, what? but there's no way Mitchell explained, like, well, we were talking about this earlier, and I better say it to you. Uh, okay, so what? A, it's entertainment. Yeah, right. Everything is entertainment. Your big old newscast at 2 o'clock or 5 o'clock is entertainment. Everything is entertainment. Yes. Once you turn on whatever, it's entertainment. 60 minutes is entertainment. They there's a reason that after doing two hard hitting stories, there's a celebrity profile of an athlete or a musician or whatever. Some softball, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they did a thing with Seinfeld in the middle of Central Park. So I want entertainment. Yeah. I get it on the nightly crap that used to pass for news. These networks, they're not, they ought to have a oh, Surgeon no, General warning. When, when I got, this is unhealthy for your health. I was in Santa Barbara <laughs> doing radio and then doing TV. And then an a- I got signed by an agent and they got me to Sacramento. And I had to go meet the guy who owned the agency. And his, the you're point Chris, you're making. Chris Jenner? No. Is she your agent? No. Because the drama you have kind of reminds me of the Kardashians. You, you really don't <laughs> have anything even close to that. And he showed a documentary from the 50s. Uh, who's the guy CBS before Cronkite? Big time guy. They named the School of Journalism at Washington State after him. Morrill. Yeah, Edward R. Murrow on the show. And he starts, he's doing this big documentary, The Grapes of Wrath, Farm Workers, the whole bit. Serious topic, serious reporting. He starts with his back to the camera, and he starts talking, and then he turns, as he's talking, he faces the camera. And the, the guy who ran the agency has passed away since then. But he stops the tape, and he says, why did he start with his back to the camera? Why did he turn and face the camera? It was theatrical. It was to build the suspense. It was to catch your eye. Why is back? The information didn't change. He says, it's always entertainment. It's always theatrical. Never think it isn't. Even when the information is 
excellent when the public needs it. Well, that's what we There's want. There's still an element that's of what showmanship. We want. Because if yeah. we didn't want it, the CNNs and Foxes and all this stuff wouldn't exist. Right. And that's why, yeah. And it goes yeah. back. Edward R. Murrow, he said it was already the norm then. So you're wrong. So I don't want to hear Thank it. Thank you. No. I don't want to hear it. DJ and PK, 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Joe Ingles next.